All right, on today's episode, we're going to be taking the conversation of books a little higher. There are books that have helped me along the way. So in today's episode, I'd love to share some of those with you. Uh, They're going to range from business books to self-help books and some books about parenting. I am a new entrepreneur and a new mother, so there was a certain point a few years ago where I was just so desperate to learn and consume and grow. So I was, you know, finding myself getting to a point where I was reading like a book or or potentially even two books a week, and I was just consuming, 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 trying to learn. Um, So I've gone through my bookshelf, my big bookshelf, and pulled out some of my favorite ones that I'm going to share today. And so I want to start with some of the business books. So I think it's here, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss, uh, a big book, a really cool one to read. It's essentially Tim shares a bunch of different stories from, you know, highly successful individuals on his podcast in book form. Uh, So you can come to the book and pick up a story and read it and leave it and kind of come back to it. So it's a really great book. I just kind of keep around when I want a quick, you know, three minute read of someone who I consider successful and has like been there, done that, their story. And I think what's really cool about some of the stories is the rawness and the truth and these successful people opening up about their failures or their inspirations or their strategies. I think it's so unique when you get to learn from others about what strategies they use and how they implemented it in their business. So Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans, great book, big to read, but easy to come and go with. Then we have Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And this is a finance book, kind of a finance book for newbies. And kind of like we'll talk about in all these other books, it gives you this kind of model to follow, if you will, in your business. And it essentially is taking your profit first out of the company not out of the company, but organizing it within the company. So setting up certain bank accounts or savings accounts. So for example, what that might look like is like a tax account, a commissions account, um, an owner's pay account, a, you know, annual bonus account, things like that. So it's getting your money organized into its places. So this book was really um, instrumental in the beginning days of starting our business and getting our monies really well organized and managed. And it's something we've leaned even further into in our personal life. So seeing how nice it was to always know where the money was and what it was allocated for outside of a spreadsheet and actually in your account structure is something that we pulled into our life as well. So Pablo and I have implemented the profit first model and it's really doing the same thing in our personal life too. It's helping us understand this is how much money comes in, this is where it needs to get allocated, so like a budget, and then this is how we can really start achieving, you know, savings goals for other life events down the road. So Profit First by Mike Michalowicz was a really good book helping us learn about financials early on. Okay, so as you will see in the next few books, I really like Gina Wickman and I like it because um, we were introduced to something called the EOS or the Entrepreneurial Operating System early on when we started our company. And we went through formal 
you know, implementation of the EOS in our company. And I'm a firm believer in it. And so we've read all the books. But even if you don't implement EOS in your company or operate with it, these books really give an early stage or, you know, a well-seasoned entrepreneur some insight to taking the complexities of what happens in business operations in the day-to-day and creating organization. And the book Traction, this is one of my favorite ones, is one of the books in Gina Wickman's series. And what this book does is it introduces six key principles that every organization, no matter how big or small or what they do, have. And it gives you a way to operate within those six principles. So Traction shares those six key components, and those are vision, people, process, data, traction, and issues. The book also kicks off with a really cool quote that got my attention. I used to worry about a hundred different things. Once I learned there were six components to my business and I focused on only those, those a hundred different things I'd been worrying about went away. So yeah, that's in, in essence the the book traction. So this book coupled with taking some other, um, you know, like business courses, quick shout out to Nashville Entrepreneur Center Catalyst Program. That book with that program Catalyst helped us really kind of get shit into gear with our company. I have Christy here with me and I just feel like I have to ask you, <laughs> what do you remember Canvas like before EOS or traction and then after? Because we were digging in some old files and we were like, shit. Well, we were, I think you forwarded, you were trying to find the first deck that we put together and you had forwarded an email and it had action items. Right. And then it triggered my brain and it put me into a state of panic. Panic. Because I realized that we tried to manage everyone through email bullet points. Right. So we were trying to run our company with, at that point, there was like, 10 people in it, like right out the gate in email threads. It was a nightmare. Um, And we had no way to handle confrontation. We had no way to handle issues. It was wild. Anyways, Traction really helped us learn how to communicate with each other and get the business organized and really get clear on what our vision in the company was and how we were going to accomplish it together. Then we have How to Be a Great Boss, another one by Gina Wickman. And as I was pulling these books out, I just hate the word boss. I don't know why. But anyways, this book is called How to Be a Great Boss. And it is so silly and simple in practice. But you know, for me, when I was starting, I had no idea. It's not something you learn in school. It's not something you really start reading a book about until you have to. And so this is where I started. And it was a wonderful book. And it gave me some great foundational tools. And I think the like common thread in all of these books about leadership, or being a boss is just that effective communication and empathy. And the more you can pull that in the you know, more you can get your team jiving good. So in the early days of starting a company, I had to learn fast how to kind of help organize everyone in what we were doing. And I'd never really done that. Maybe the closest thing I had to that was like team captain on some sports when I was playing them. But I played a lot of individual sports. So I also just really didn't have the experience with that. And I was feeling extremely overwhelmed and over my head and didn't want to fail myself or anyone around me. You have to remember I'm in business with my husband and friends. So there's delicacies of that as well. So this book just gave me 
wonderful foundational tools to learn about being a leader. I think leadership you have to learn about every day. It's never learnt. It's never a past tense thing. Okay, so one of my other favorite books, I don't know if I have that one here. Um, It's Rocket Fuel, another one by Gina Wickman. And real quick, this one just helps you understand the interesting dynamic between two people in an organization titled a visionary and an implementer. So take the common titles of like CEO and COO out and think visionary and implementer. Who's the one dreaming up what we're going to do and how we're going to do it? Maybe not how, but like essentially how we're going to get there and who's the one while that visionary is out there knocking down doors and breaking down barriers, helping implement it company wide and getting the whole team rallied around it. And really, it's like a train connected to each other with a link and they have to work in unison. One can't go one way without the other. So this book really helped me understand that dynamic within our organization And I highly recommend it for anyone that does have a business partner or uh, an employee that they hired that's working in tandem with them to accomplish, you know, the things that you set out to do when you started a business. So the next book is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And what this book does is it explores common dysfunctions and offers solutions for building strong and cohesive teams. Now, I think what was so cool about this book is I'd read all these books about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and becoming a leader or a boss and raising money and doing all of it. And so we found ourselves in and then as any team will, you know, started experiencing a little bit of hurdles in how the team was operating, communicating and handling the tough conversations. You know, before I built a network of entrepreneurs around me, I was very alone. My partners and I were very alone, like, oh, this must just be happening to us. We don't we're doing something wrong. Um, and so this book really helped me stop feeling um, unique in having these problems and allowed me to realize these are common problems and there's you know pretty simple solutions for addressing them. So the five common dysfunctions are trust, conflict, commitment, accountability, and results. So once you kind of realize that it's broken down into those five things, similar to some of the other books that introduce everything in, you know, a short list of topics, and then it gives you, you know, verbatim examples of how to combat it within your team. And I think one of the most important things in this book is that everyone has to be committed to this kind of process of how we handle those five dysfunctions. So This book was great. I had some of the leaders within our company read the book with us so that we could, um, you know, really be unified in our approach here. And since doing it, everything is on the up and up and we're having more fun and we're communicating more and we are just, yeah, more fun in your day, more joy. So then we have my next and last favorite business book, and this is Lunch with Lucy by a woman named Sherry Deutschman. And this is a book about maximizing your profits by investing in your people. Sherry tells her amazing story how she grew her company, Letter Logic, into a $40 million company. She did this by really investing in her people and bringing them along in her success with it. And she did it a few different ways that the book dives into, but 
Two of the ones to share here is she had a really unique and aggressive profit sharing model with everyone in the company. And what this did, and she was hyper transparent in her financials. So what this did was aligned everyone in the company to what they were doing. And it allowed them to see the role in their position that they played in accomplishing, you know, success, which was profits, because that meant everyone could share in the success. So what a like beautiful, humble, and selfless thing to do when you find yourself in this position of this like fast scaling company is to bring the people with you and allow them to participate in it. Something else that she did, which is so fun, is she had something called Lunch with Lucy, which is what the book's named after. So on Wednesdays, her nickname would become Lucy at lunch, and anyone in the company could invite her to lunch and just have a normal conversation with her. So this, you know, humanized her out of her leadership role and brought her in with the people. And in during these lunches, she would learn about their ambitions, how they were doing, you know, what they were hoping to accomplish, how their families were doing. And I just think it was so beautiful to you know, always slow down to have those moments with the people that were helping you build. And I also want to mention that Sherry now has a company called Brain Trust. Brain Trust is an organization for women business owners dedicated to ensuring they have an equal opportunity to build financial independence, wealth, and influence. This organization speaks profoundly to Sherry's commitment to being a mentor specifically to women. Um, and it's really amazing what they're doing. I'm also a proud member of it. One of my favorite books, personally and business, they're all kind of intertwined at this point, but it's Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, I feel like it's being talked about so much right now too, but it's a an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. So I think what the biggest takeaway with Atomic Habits is, is setting yourself up for success to establish new habits. But most importantly, it's how to break those bad habits that inhibit us from starting the new good habits. When my husband and I read this book, we, you know, did such little tweaks. So for example, this was for Pablo, it was setting himself up for success to work out every morning at 5 a.m. without fail, rain or shine. It's to the point where if he misses a workout, I have to hear about it all day until he can like get his workout done. So his was working out at 5 a.m. I aspire to figure that atomic habit out um, hopefully soon. But for me, it was just taking my vitamins without fail, rain or shine, no matter how chaotic or sick or exhausted I was, setting myself to take my blood glucose and take my vitamins every morning as well as now at night. Um, so just those little things that, but now it's so ingrained in us, we'll just never drop the habit. So Atomic Habits, Building Good Habits, Breaking Bad Ones, super great book. It's really a great listen on Audible as well. So next book is How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And this is a really cool book. It's about psychedelics. So what Michael's doing in this book is having a conversation around the resurgence of interest in psychedelics and their potential therapeutic um, application. And he goes through the history, the different types of psychedelics, and then, you know, towards the end of the book, he goes on a journey himself and shares that story of, you know, how profound it was for him and all his thoughts and how his wife supported him in the process. So I think this book is so cool 
first, I, I love psychedelics. I love learning about them. And I think this book breaks down a little bit more barriers. I mean, psychedelics are everywhere now. I'm getting Instagram and Facebook ads for them. But this book allows you to have like a really meaningful conversation either around your interest in psychedelics or maybe sharing more openly your experience with psychedelics. So I think that this is a great book and I gift it to a lot of people that are just super curious about what it is and how it might benefit them. What a great starting place. Michael Pollan, How to Change Your Mind. Now, this one, this is Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Um, She is a psychotherapist and author, obviously. Um, But this book explores the complex dynamics of intimacy and desire in long-term, you know, relationships or marriage. And what she does in this book is she shares some patient stories. Obviously, you know, certain things are changed. And she talks about in those stories the sometimes tension between the difference of love and desire in long-term relationships. And, you know, through the stories shows um, and kind of shares a path towards, you know, pulling these couples back together and really just understanding what that difference is between love and desire. And I think that this book is really cool to look at. We're about to celebrate 10 years of marriage, my husband Pablo and I. And I read it. He hasn't read it yet, but it was just so fun as I was reading it. It opened up so much dialogue and conversation. And I think the book, you know, also has some spicy fun moments in it. But What it does is it allows you to have that self-reflection moment and think about your happiness in the relationship as an individual and then in the relationship. And, you know, once again, where can you do those little turns and tweaks to, you know, benefit it and put that intentional care into the relationship? So um, Mating Captivity by Esther Perel. Um, For anyone that likes Masterclass, she has some really cool classes on there as well about relational intelligence. And I took those as well. And they're wonderful. They've helped me become a better communicator to anyone I'm interacting with. So then Do Less by Kate Northrup. This book is primarily targeted at mothers, but I think that it's, um, you know, concepts and principles can really be applied by anyone. But exactly as the title of the book reads is what it's about. So it's about how can we look at our life and get out of this like rat race of like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so tired. I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. And just stop that and do less and um, be more intentional with where we spend our time, more effective with how we spend our time, and ultimately just have more time to ourselves and with our families. Um, So Do Less by Kate Northrup is a wonderful book for a busy mom. Only two books left to go. These are about parenting. Uh, The first book is How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And this book also, the title is very obvious in what it's about, but what it does is it shares some very practical applications of how to communicate with like a toddler and not just how to talk at a toddler, but like the title suggests, listen so that they will talk to you um, and that they will share with you what their feelings, big feelings are in a way that you can support them, which another book that's similar but different is The Whole Brain Child. 
And this book pulls in a little bit more science, and it's talking about the actual, you know, neuroscience of a child, a developing child, all the way up into teenage years, and how we can foster a supportive and emotionally nurturing, uh, you know, scenario for kids to thrive in. And, you know, like the business books, becoming a parent, I also just was way over my head. And so learning about some of these things is extremely crucial to us. Pablo and I have found ourselves in plenty of situations with our toddler and been like, wow, aren't, oh, he's just driving me nuts. How do we deal with this? He just keeps whining or um, something like that. And so we'll take a moment and we'll go learn um, how we can show up better the next time and just really communicate and have a lovely time rather than a stress time. So both of these books, The Whole Brain Child and How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk have helped us be on this parenting journey. And we'll always be on it and I look forward to always learning about it. Okay, so whether you're on your journey to becoming an entrepreneur or you're already an entrepreneur looking to grow or you're looking to just grow as an individual, or you are a parent looking how to just have a little more fun parenting, uh, th these are some resources. There's some that I've found value in. Um, the list is endless, but I do just recommend starting somewhere and reading one of them. Thank you for tuning in to A Little Higher. I was excited to bring the topic of books a little higher today with you. Mm -hmm.